Happy holidays and welcome back to another episode of Happy Hour with the Analysts. Uh, I know it's been a while since we were able to join you guys, but we are very happy to be back talking about a very special, special session this week. In case you forgot, my name is Jared Grigas. I am joined by our resident Beltway correspondent, Sarah Henley, who is joining us in Tallahassee for one. Sarah, how you doing? Hi, Jared. It's great to be back in Tallahassee for yet another special session this year. Very exciting. It is good to have you, Sarah. And our other analyst, Shiloh McPherson, is here with us as always. Shiloh, how you doing today? I am doing pretty well. I can't complain. All right, yes. So just looking back, here's your question of the week. So what New Year's resolutions did you complete this year? You know, Shiloh, New Year's resolutions are a great opportunity for personal growth and to really challenge yourself. And uh, I did not even come close to mine. (laughs) My goal was to read 12 books this year, one per month, and I am sitting at a... uh, a nice figure of one book so far, so really nailed it. Jared, I'm right up there with you. I only finished one book. We're busy people, you know? What yeah. are you gonna do? What can you do? Sarah, how about you? How'd your resolution go? So I have a unpopular, maybe, opinion on New Year's resolutions. Every time I set a goal of New Year's resolutions out, I can't seem to hit them. And I think it's the pressure that comes into play with fulfilling a goal for the year. So this year I decided to kind of not have a New Year's resolution and in my mind have goals set, but not at the beginning of the year so you can't be let down at the end of the year. So I think I accomplished quite a bit more this year not having a set of goals. There you go, Sarah. Low expectations is the key. (laughs) All right, that's the strategy. It is the strategy. Try it out for maybe this year. You guys might be surprised. I have got a feeling that 2023 is my year, uh, so check back with me then. (laughs) Every year. And as for question number two, uh, unless you have been living under a rock, you might have seen that the World Cup has been going on the last month, and there have been just a series of uh, really, really interesting games. Now, unfortunately, the, the United States got knocked out pretty early on, uh, but we are down to three at this point. We have got Argentina already waiting in the final uh, to see who uh, who emerges from the game today of France and Morocco. Uh, so, ladies, what uh, who, who you got in this tournament? My money's on Morocco. They do seem like the team of destiny this year, Shiloh. The underdogs uh, this yeah. year. Yeah, Cinderella, you know, not a traditional power necessarily, but they have yet to allow a goal this tournament, which is just unbelievable. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Morocco might take it all. However, I'm rooting for Argentina because the greatest soccer player of all time has not gotten a World Cup yet. And that is messy. So I'm looking forward to Messi taking home the cup this Messi, year. Messi does have quite the resume, Sarah. You know, a lot of uh, Player of the Year awards as well as a tax evasion charge. Uh, but he does not have a World Cup on his record just yet. So it uh, will be interesting to see if he can bring that home. Uh, personally, nice. <laughs> I'm with Shiloh and we'll be cheering for Morocco, the uh, Cinderella, uh, to bring home the cup. You know, when Messi listens to this podcast, he's going to be really upset. Really upset. (laughs) Really upset. 
Well, it's a good thing. He, I'm sure that he'll be very interested to know what's going on in Florida politics. That's right, Shiloh. I know he will be waiting on this one. But I think it's time to kick it over to why we're here today. And that is... Special session. So, the main event that brings us all here this week uh, that has the legislature convening in Tallahassee is um, chiefly to stabilize the property insurance market, uh, especially in the face of two hurricanes that hit the state this year, Hurricanes Ian and Nicole. And they are also uh, considering a relief package for the counties and communities that were affected by these storms. Uh, so we have been following all week to see kind of what uh, what's a part of that package. But we're going to kick it over to Shiloh real quick. Uh, Shiloh, tell us a little more about why we're here. All right, so we are here because there is catastrophic implications to the state of Florida. And recently, there was a final flood and wind-loss damage estimate for Hurricane Ian. That total was between $41 billion and $70 billion. So that included wind loss, reevaluated insured and uninsured storm surge loss, and the newly calculated inland flood loss for residential and commercial properties. So not just that, but there was also flood loss from the National Flood Insurance Program and private insurance for residential and commercial properties that was estimated to, uh, to be between $8 billion and $18 billion. So that also includes both reevaluated storm surge and new estimates for inland flooding. So... Collectively, the state of Florida is really struggling, specifically the um, southwest counties that were affected by the hurricane. So, you know, the legislature is now getting back together to provide some relief to them. Those are some startling numbers, Shiloh. Uh, this help, there are a lot of people that need help right now, and so this relief is coming at the right time. Jared, we're going to kick it over to you to explain the bills that we have been following this session. HB 3A and SB 4A disaster relief by Representative McLean and Senator Hudson. One of the bills that we as counties have been really focused on. So, Jared, can you tell us a little bit about it? Sure can, Sarah. Uh, so as she said, uh, HB 3A and Senate Bill 4A, uh, they're identical bills. Uh, they are touching on that disaster relief we mentioned. And perhaps the biggest implication for counties is a possible tax abatement uh, of ad valorem taxes for homes that were rendered uninhabitable by the two storms for 30 or more days. Uh, what that's going to look like, practically speaking, is a tax refund um, that's going to come next year. So essentially, people are going to have to pay their property taxes as they normally would this year. Um, but they can apply for the refund um, with, you know, documentation of the uninhabitability of the home, if it was destroyed, that sort of thing. And then they will get a prorated refund um, for the time period in which they were displaced from their home. Deadline to apply uh, for this refund is April 1st, uh, even though that they have uh, shifted around some of the delinquency dates for property taxes uh, this upcoming year. Um, so they have actually pushed back the deadline for you to file your taxes to June 1st. But if you're hoping to get that refund, uh, you have to apply for it by April 1st. Uh, one other thing of note, uh, only residential property owners are eligible for this refund under this section. Uh, so commercial property owners will not be eligible. Uh, another consideration for counties is, you know, as it stands, uh, they would be footing the bill for this. Uh, now, previously, under similar circumstances, back in 2018, for example, when we had uh, Hurricanes Matthew, Irma, and Hermine, um, they did provide an offset uh, of those of that tax abatement for local governments. Um, and so we are certainly hoping and expecting that they will do the same, uh, though that appropriation might come during the general session in March. 
There was also some funding opportunities for our counties that were affected in the bill. And Shiloh, what were some of those? Yeah, so the bill appropriates the following funds to be used for emergency services and financial impacts following the recent disasters. So first, um, there's going to be an appropriation of $350 million in non-recurring general revenue funds to the Division of Emergency Management to provide the match requirement for public assistant program grants. There's also another appropriation of $150 million in non-recurring general revenue funds in the affordable housing for hurricane recovery appropriation category, which will go to the Florida Housing Finance Corporation. So from that $150 million, uh, $60 million of those funds will be used to fund the Hurricane Housing Recovery Program for eligible counties and municipalities based on the Hurricane Ian and Hurricane Nicole FEMA damage assessments. So... The bill also creates the Hurricane Restoration Reimbursement Grant Program within the Department of Environmental Pre- Protection, which will be funded at $50 million. So the purpose of this is to provide financial assistance to mitigate coastal beach erosion for coastal homeowners who are really affected by the storm. And then those grants will be provided for reimbursement to the owner for construction costs, and they have to meet specific conditions. And some of those conditions is that it must be a homestead property. The bill also creates within the Department of Environmental Protection the Hurricane Stormwater and Wastewater Assistance Grant Program for the purpose of providing financial assistance to 16 counties impacted by Hurricane Ian or Hurricane Nicole, funded at $100 million. So some of those eligible recipients will be counties, municipalities, and special taxing districts that operate at a stormwater or wastewater management system. And lastly, all applications must be submitted to DEP on or before March 31st, 2023, and those grants must be awarded by May 1st, 2023 and may not exceed $10 million. So that's the wrap up for the funding. Thanks, Shiloh. Uh, A lot of good opportunities out there for funding. Uh, And if I did not already say so, uh, this bill passed both chambers unanimously as of this morning. Uh, So this represents a nice first step uh, towards getting those communities the relief they need. Thank you, Jared. And moving on to our next bill, which was HB1 SB2, Property Insurance by Representative Leak and Senator Boyd. Our final wrap-up will be in our legislative bulletin this week, but here's a few of the changes that are made within this bill. So one, the bill creates the Florida Optional Reassurance Assistance Program. This program creates optional hurricane reassistance that eligible parole that eligible property insurers can purchase near the market rate. Rates will vary by tier level purchased and will range from 50 to 65% rate. And this is funded with an additional $1 billion in general revenue for the 2023 year. A couple other things that the bill did was amend the prompt pay laws to encourage prompt payments of pay. It reduces the time for insurers to... It reduces the time for insurers to pay or deny the claim from 90 to 60 days. It allows the Florida Office of Insurance Regulation to extend the 60-day period up to 30 additional days if the state of emergency prevents the insurer from meeting the time frames of that prompt pay law. It reduces the time for insurers to review and acknowledge a claim of communication from 14 days to seven days. It reduces the time for insurer to begin an investigation from 14 to seven days. And it reduces the time for a physical inspection from 45 to 35 days and so on. 
The bill also eliminates one-way attorney's fees in suits arising in residential or commercial property insurance. It eliminates a policyholder's ability to execute an assignment of benefits for all property insurance policies. It also requires mandatory market conduct exams following hurricanes. In regards to Citizens Property Insurance Corporation, for renewals and takeout offers, it establishes that if a renewal or takeout offer from an authorized insurer is within 20% of policyholders, citizens' premiums, including subcharges and assessments being levied. So those are just a few of the main points from that major property insurance bill. If you want to learn more about that bill, you can look in our legislative bulletin that's going out this week that will have a more comprehensive breakdown. The massive property insurance bill passed in the Senate with a vote of 27 to 13 and passed on the House floor on Wednesday afternoon with a vote of 84 to 33. Shiloh, and if you could explain our last bill that we followed this session. All right, Sarah. So we had House Bill 5A and Senate Bill 6A, toll relief by Rep. Busada Cabrera and Senator DeSigli, which passed unanimously in both chambers. So the bill directs the Florida Turnpike Enterprise within the Florida Department of Transportation to establish a toll relief program from January 1st to 2023 through December 31st, 2023. So essentially, this program will apply within all Florida toll facilities that use a state-issued transponder or are within the Florida Department of Transportation's prepaid electronic transporter toll system, which is primarily SunPass. So participating drivers must have a qualifying account with SunPass or an alternative Florida-based prepaid toll account by this time, and qualifying accounts that record 35 or more toll transactions in a calendar month are eligible to receive a future credit equal to 50% of the amount paid on the qualifying transactions. So once a credit is returned, Once a credit is earned, it will be posted to the qualifying account on the 10th of the subsequent month. So this bill is supported with an appropriation of a non-recurring sum of $500 million from the General Revenue Fund to the State Transportation Trust Fund. So this bill will definitely provide a lot of drivers some reimbursements and relief for the following year. Thank you, Shiloh. And of course, we did see a lot of changes and some progress this week, but legislators have assured us that there is still things to work on as we move into the upcoming session. Property insurance is not off the table, so we will be closely monitoring that this year coming up, and we look forward to sharing that with you all and advocating on behalf of you and the counties. Thank you, Sarah, and thank you to all of our listeners for their support over the last year. Uh, We have really enjoyed kicking it with you guys and uh, keeping you guys apprised of county issues. Um, While we are wrapping up Happy Hour with the Analysts, we will be restarting Fackish in the spring, so be on the lookout for that. I promise you have not heard the last of us. Um, But in the meantime, we hope you all have a very happy holiday season, and uh, thanks for listening. And Happy New Year. I hope you were all able to spend time with your families. And hit your resolutions. This season.